Hey, y'all's flowers. Just wanted to say thank you for deciding to select YLab on your device, Androids and Apples, and however you listen to your podcast and audio content. Thanks again for making the selection and joining the conversation today. I had a good friend of mine in town for a couple of days, and Chad Crawford decided to stop by for part of his time in Los Angeles and share a little bit about our history, what he's currently doing. He's a photographer based out of Nashville, via Los Angeles, via Detroit. One of my best friends. Super excited to share the conversation with you all. So again, thank you for making the choice to dial into the Y Lab today. I feel okay about life at this point. Um, That's funny without getting in too deep into any other specific than what I'm saying. It's funny because I'm assuming that the first time that I probably ever met you had to have been on Clinton Street at Clancy's house. I'm going to assume. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. Going Chris from there, Clancy? <laughs> going from that house that he and Andrew had to here is just like a pretty funny like. Dude, that's like 20 years. It's gotta what was be it? Like he had years. the bench press in the kitchen or was it on the back deck? Where was it like he had to go home and have the I think it was in the back. It was like a It weird... might have started in the kitchen, but I think that it also went into there was I think there was like the detached garage. But then remember that house? I think so but basically you know what I'm saying is I'm pretty sure that's where I met you for the first time was at that house. So you know exactly what that means. I know. Uh, well, I'm <laughs> very funny. I'm very blessed and grateful and, and honored that you stopped by today, brother. Yeah man, thank you for having me. Um I do wanna give uh, just kind of a shout out to anybody that, that dialed in and made the choice today to listen to the podcast or look at YouTube and if you're catching any of this on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Uh, thank you for making the choice to dial in. I genuinely appreciate it. We genuinely appreciate you you sharing some time with us today and we hope that we can resonate with you in any way possible. Um, my name is Michael Flowers. I'm the host of the Y Lab and the Y Lab podcast was kind of created out of my own self journey because I started on this path not long ago where I started really kind of taking a deeper look within and awareness and came up with a lot of questions and didn't have a lot of answers. So the best thing I found to do was start looking for advice through others. And sometimes the content or the answers that we get is on the devices. And I mean, we all face stress, we all face insecurities and fear. And so getting answers sometimes are, the roadblocks are those things that we have and so what i wanted to do is to be able to sit down with some of my close friends and have face-to-face vulnerable curious conversations where we could ask each other real questions and hopefully somebody that dialed in today to the y lab it will resonate with anything that we're talking about because the end of the day we all have our own ways of fixing ourselves and the answers that we have i'm by no means a guru but what i'm saying is that there's there's a way that we can do it and i appreciate the opportunity to be able to share it so with no further ado <laughs> i'll shut up um today on y lab this is this is a very very big honor for me today because i have one of my oldest and dearest friends in los angeles knows me very well uh, is here today uh, and this week on some work. Uh, Chad Crawford, who is a talented musician, a father, a son, a husband, a boyfriend, 
a family man, photographer, real estate, music business, manager, renaissance man extraordinaire. Wow. <laughs> I don't Who is this guy? Where is, <laughs> Who is he? Like, I, I'm just blessed that you're here, brother. So Thanks thank you. Thanks for having me, Mike. Thank you. To come to the Wild Lab today. Man, love you. Thanks for having me. I love you too. Oh, man. It's good to so, be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. So, so you got into town maybe a couple of days ago. Yeah. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, you just came from a photo shoot where you were I did. taking some I've pictures. I been shooting all week. Yeah, it's been great. I had a great time. Go back tomorrow. Oh, my God. Back to yeah. where? Nashville. 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 My new hometown. So that pretty much is why... East Nashville, to be specific. East, East Nashville. Nashville. <laughs> East Nashville. Yeah, um, yeah I really wanted to, to talk about that. I mean, that's... Right when you came in, you you're you're super jazzed and pumped about like being here and and the people that you were meeting and networking <laughs> with, and I was stoked to kind of see how happy you were, and I was just immediately just like vibing on your energy, but it was really cool because the first thing you kind of shared when you walked in was like, oh my god, like it's so cool to be back in LA doing what I'm doing. It's new to me. This is a different context. It's not what I knew when I was here. And I found that super interesting because what I wanted to even dig into deeper today and hope that you will unpack for all of us is how you made that choice recently. Mm -hmm. God, recently might not be the word. How long ago? I mean, at this point, within, the, lives, within the past years five years, to, four, four five. years to us now at this advanced stage is yeah. recent. So yeah, to, to Nashville. So you, Chad yeah. made the move to Nashville about four years ago, around four years four ago. Years ago and with his family and um you can dig into that situation later but one of the things that i really admired about the choice you made during that point in time and i'd love to, to for you to <clears throat> start with that if you don't mind is that commitment to really d pick up the camera or sit in the studio today uh, and really go to nashville and purposefully put yourself on the map in a new format and not a lot of people have the ability to kind of recreate themselves. You're a very unique individual and in that you can. Can you share anything about how that process was or like, what the yeah, fuck, bro? <laughs> well, you know, as you know, when we met, I was full on probably still music business while still playing. Transitioned to playing full time. Um you know, and then picked up, got my real estate license, and, you know, we all know where that went, and that was great, loved it. Um, I wanted my kids to be sane. I wanted my kids to be, to stay great kids, and I love this town. I love L.A. It's my adoptive hometown. My whole, I was here my whole adult life, um, so I have nothing negative to say about it. It's just, yeah. something told me there was just time ready for a change. And as you know, while I, you know, was doing real estate, um, I was shooting as the side hustle. Shooting was my side hustle. You know, it was nice making those commission checks that allowed me to go out to Malibu with some great models or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I work with great artists in the middle of a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Um, and for whatever reason, as I, st I, mean, I started shooting, I got a camera to just to shoot my kids. Yeah. Like everybody else. It so just first, found its way into your life a little bit. And I've always was fascinated with it because I've always been a very visual person. Like when we met, I probably had my dreads still back then. And I've <laughs> well, all, your hair's growing like, out. Yeah, right? no, I mean, 
all my favorite artists were the you know the Hendrixes and Prince yeah. and Lenny and Bob Marley and like the very visual artists before I even picked up a camera I always wanted to as a kid but cameras were very intimidating to me as a kid so I never messed with it and then you know like most new dads in America what's their first camera when they have kids is like just a rebel series Canon or whatever you know uh, first DSLR, very consumery kind of DSLR, yeah. and I don't know. I remember just taking a picture of Maceo one day, and something literally. I re- it's weird to say it, but something lit. I I I remember the feeling in my head where there was a switch that literally I figured out how to take a great photograph, not knowing taking zero le- nothing nothing. There was just something that. I remember the photograph now, and I was off to the races. It was over. Like, there was no, like, you knew me of all those other things that I said that I did. Look, we all work incredibly hard at what we do. Yeah. But that one photograph was the first day on me being able to manipulate a camera the way that I wanted to manipulate a guitar, the way that I wanted to manipulate a bass, the way that I would imagine Jimmy felt when he picked up a guitar. Like I, that right there, that one day, and I've just been able to, I don't know. I don't know where I do not know other than me just being in loving with all those groups and bands that I said before. I don't know (laughs) where I learned. I don't know where any of this comes from. And it's all about the I yeah. I don't know where it comes from. Well, how did that... So did you think... Man, I mean, that's very impactful for, like, anybody or even somebody expressing kind of how a life shift happens and you even being able to pinpoint a certain day. Um, did that... Was that part of the decision? Like, when you when you had to move to Nashville... Bro, you were here for 15 years, 16 18. years. 18. Sorry. 18 I got years. married here. I got the, you got I married here. here. I got You're wearing the Dior chat. Like, from Detroit. You, now, yeah. now, you moved out here. That's my original hometown. Yeah, Detroit. that's from Detroit. I could wear, like, to me, hometown, I could rock an L.A. or a Detroit hat. They're both my yeah. hometowns. A couple decades in L.A., damn near. I had my first half Detroit, second half L.A. before I moved to De- uh, Nashville. And now you're sitting in Nashville. Yeah. And it's and at that point when you were taking that picture of Macy, oh, by the way, how old is he now? Minnesota's 11, Vans oh, 15. Oh, my God. The two little men, though. Oh, it's my insane. God. Yeah. Um, I remember Vance a little bit more than I do Mesa. Yeah. Um, so my question before I get off track, though, again, is is how, how so eloquently you shared that moment in time. Did that – was that a big, impactful part of the decision to move? You're like, hey – I see that I could maybe make a big shift for me. Yes. But you also said I want a better life for my kids. Absolutely. So I know that a big part of the reason that you did make the move was your your ex wife, mm-hmm. um, baby mama, mm-hmm. um, good 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 mm-hmm. good human, got an opportunity, and I mean actually she had been going for work and had seen quote unquote the new Nashville over the last couple of years of going there for business and i hadn't been there in 10 years and she was like hey i think there's something cool check it out you know because the boys were in a amazing private school but that's really expensive yeah. and after it's hearing, expensive and you know we're divorced and now we're renting two really overpriced places and yeah. it's just the just the cost of living and then 
are my kids going to be stay amazing human beings? How are we? All of it. I just really, at the end of the day, it was all about them being and staying great, sane, healthy human, human beings. Yeah. And as human and as parents, that's just our job sometimes to have to make sacrifices. So I thought that they would be better for it first and foremost, period. But yes, like you're saying, I knew that I could use it also as a professional pivot and take what was my side hustle here, which I was very passionate about, but Los Angeles yeah. cost of living and everything that I just talked about, oh, it's, 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 that's a very difficult living. Yeah. So you're right. I hedged my bets, said, you know what? I learned a lot doing this. I loved everybody that I met doing it, you included. I thought I was good at it because I really focused at it. I learned a lot, um, but I was ready to write, make that shift and realize at this point in our lives, <clears throat> there's a finite amount of years and you better do what you want to do. And, and also, like I said, this, the speed at which I ascended in the ranks is faster than anything of the other things that I said that I did previously. And there's just something that I cannot explain that just ascending is a, is a huge word. Like I think, part of how how you were able a you got a lot of talent you're very skilled like I, that was why i kind of introduced you as <laughs> like a, a you're a, you're a big piece of the pie and some people would say like a true renaissance man um you're an intellectual you're well read you're a musician you know music theory you know music business real estate like i would call you on advice for stuff however there's this whole other side of your brain that is true creative and artistic. That's where the, the base comes from. Uh, and obviously some of the photography or all of the photography now and anything else that you would pour your, your heart into on that creative side. The epiphany of that picture with Maceo and knowing like in your gut that you had to do better for your family but, and making that choice – I know you're about to say something, no, I, I but was you saying, just like you, you were like this, led me to this a, whole, this whole like catapult or. But you saying it now, hearing you say it, actually made me even go back deeper, because I've always had the same brain of any given day being able to flip it fifty one forty nine either way. Even from being a little kid, I've always like I, I just. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I came up in an area where we just didn't get diagnosed with stuff. Maybe I... <laughs> That's the... Molly. <laughs> oh, my wonderful, amazing girlfriend. <laughs> any, uh, any given day would say I'm probably on somebody's uh, spectrum of something. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And it's funny, well, you know, but I, my age. brain has always... Yeah. So, no, it wasn't like that day, that photo. So, my brain has always been to go back and forth. But I would say... My truest authentic self, yes, has been the artistic me. Even as a little kid, I remember being three, four on the piano, and then in playing alto sax in the band, and then disappointing my dad because he really wanted a jazz musician and saying, I want to play the guitar. Um, I remember having to convince my dad to play the guitar, but but Robert Cray, and I had to find like a blues, like and not just like some long haired, like. Um, <laughs> Dude, looking like, like rap, a, like looking like some looking hair brother. metal band. I had to find a respectable brother playing the blues. Oh, yeah. Like, look, it's, and then that led me to the bass. But yada yada. So, yeah, I've always, but I and I've also there was a part of me that you know, you know, my parents spent a lot of money to send me and my sister to some great schools. And moving to LA, I didn't want to just be Johnny Six String. I wanted yeah. to use my brain. I loved 
you know, working at Interscope and which is when we were, where we first met and all that our, kind and of stuff and working first for Quincy Jones's company and you know, then Irving Azoff's company and just being able to work for dude, I'm just a kid from Detroit. So the fact that I was even able to work and see any of the things that I got to see in the last 20 years being here, I still can't even believe that I was witness to some of this stuff. So maybe that's also, obviously all those experiences led to something. What I think it did for the photography is being around all of those amazing, talented people and seeing how it's done firsthand is, I think I learned to me a specific sense of what I think is cool. All I, and that's pretty much all I, I just shoot what I think, how, how, how and what I think is cool. Yeah. So I think that must be, I don't know. I've never really thought about it until you just made me kind of. Well, you made the, think, you know, to me, it was like, okay, here's my buddy, Chad, who I've known for a long time, uh, who's gone through many phases and which not a lot of people can do that. And that's yeah. what I mean. Maybe like, I wasn't a diagnosed because you're right. I think maybe I was bored as a kid. And maybe that's why I. And you do up... find passion in like a business conversation, the same you find passion in like a songwriting session. And that's it's... the thing. All my bad grades. <laughs> that's as why a I kid love you, man. That's why the... I was like, we're we're kind of kindred in that way. Like, and my parents even knew as a little kid, I never got in trouble for the bad grades because they knew that there must be something about my brain that if he's not into it or liking it, he's not going to focus. On, he's not going to. So maybe yeah. I did have something that, but the things that I care and love about. I am almost like obsessed about those things, doing those things, getting better at those things. So how does that resonate with like a, the, the folks out there? Like how, how, you know, like you're, how does that resonate to say, look, man, like sometimes the voices are strong with Chad mm -hmm. in that area when making a big decision, like moving and being with his family in a completely different town, mm -hmm. but knowing that, hey, I have the ability to A, morph myself into some other things that I could pour my energy into. Mm -hmm. Plus, if you eliminate all the energy, which is Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and you move to, to Nashville and focus 100% on the camera, which mm -hmm. you did, and your family, mm -hmm. then those two things are going to elevate, as you said, and rapidly fire. It's also from it, experience, though, having done it a couple of times here. So if somebody's about to go through a huge major life decision... What would be your advice to those people in regards to, because I, I, I think the contradiction here is hearing you can't do something, right? You, we all face that, but not in this scenario because we're talking about complimentary things that, you've, that you're good at. But like the things that you have to relate that to the, man, I can't do that. Like if you, obviously you're the things that you tell yourself, man, oh my, damn. Some of that, I think about it now, and I'm like, wow, I really had some great parents. I don't know. My my parents just taught me that literally, I, I think I was naive enough to believe that you can do anything. <laughs> and that's what's amazing about that's, my parents. I'm naive enough to believe that you can do anything. You know, like, like, like you, my parents are from rural Michigan and Americana, 1940s, 50s, 60s, rural northern Michigan. You know, my sister and I are first-generation bigger city you know in detroit so i don't know i just again what you're saying like why not us for what all of us why not any of us for anything yeah and i believed that and also where we are now in life it's also 
some wisdom based on life experience. Some of it is calculated risk and knowing that there's risk. Yes. And, the, and, and it's not doing it because there's no risk. It's doing it despite the risk. That's it. It's oh, doing man. it despite the fear. It's not people who do stuff. It's not because, oh, man, they're amazing because they must not be fearful of stuff or they might. No, it's doing it in the face of sheer disaster and having the audacity of that. Why not you? Calculated risk. Yes, it's calculated risk. Sure. Man, if I didn't hear a better place to take a quick pause uh this is the spot because i love the concept of calculated risk and i also want to bring up when we bring it back you said something earlier that kind of freaked me out you said that you were as a child terrified of the camera and we just spent the last 15 minutes talking about you know creative stuff and life choices and here you are in la with the camera so i love to kind of bring those two things up and and bring everybody back uh, this is y lab with michael flowers got my good buddy chad crawford here right now we'll take a short break and uh please stick around join us hey it's flower just want to say thanks for sticking around and making it through the first half of the podcast chad is a really cool guy and we get into a lot of cool stuff in the second half also if you have time when you're done listening, if you could rate and review this, it would mean a lot to me. The five-star reviews and the great ratings really freaking mean a lot out there in the digital world. So please give me a little bit of love, and I will promise to do my best. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is your host, Michael Flowers. This is the Y Lab. I've got one of my best friends on the planet. Chad Crawford here with me today, and we were we were talking about a really important um, moment in your life, uh, the decision to move to Nashville with your family, and just like the conglomerate of things that of things that you kind of probably put into that bucket when you made your decision. And one of the things we just ended on before the break was calculated risk and being able to kind of consciously be able to I guess assess yourself that takes a lot of self-awareness I'll say that before we dig into it but also you made the comment within the first five or ten minutes when you were talking about photography about how you were terrified of the camera so god those two things just were man I wanted to unpack a lot of that or can we yeah, I mean, it was just <laughs> cameras are intimidating they look intimidating, the buttons, the dials, the things, the this is, the that's. <laughs> yeah. And even I told you, like, all the moxie that my parents distilled to me, I even was like, wow, that's like some advanced stuff that's beyond my comprehension. I'd love to do X, Y, and Z. I've always been in love with, you know, visual stuff, photographs, old videos. Like, I just remember being, like, about 12, 13 maybe. And I was at my buddy's Chris's house, and he was the kid whose parents were cool and had the cool house where he had, like, had the converted attic, like, his was, like, his whole suite. Yeah. And he had a drum set up there. Are you what? effing kidding me? <laughs> How old was this dude? <laughs> we were in middle school at this oh, time. Oh, no, no, I didn't know. Chris I was Lepato. in high school before Kevin Click got a drum set. What's up, Chris yeah. Lapato? Lapato family. What's up, Chris Lapato? Um, and, you know, my parents were going through a divorce, seventh, eighth grade, and they knew this, and, you know, hmm. probably 
But the, they were so cool where they'd be, like, they were the type that had, like, the family dinner every night at a certain time. You sat down at the table? Sometimes I'd eat. When I wouldn't eat, they would be so cool. I would be upstairs playing the drums in the attic above, <laughs> learning a rudimentary, basic elementary player as they're eating family dinner. They didn't say boo, said nothing. Allowed it, encouraged it. That's cool. Cool with them. How old? We were Middle. seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. 12, 13. About 14. to go to junior high. Starting junior high. They had the best driveway in court. They were also allowed us to play our dopest middle school hoop games ever were on that driveway. Just really cool, great family um, that even gave me some. So anyway, I'm, I'm over at Chris's one day, and I hear something that I'd never, ever heard coming out of a, a, a – it was probably that, like, black and yellow – boombox that was really popular back then in like the late 80s like that sony when sony started making everything black and yellow he had like the boombox version anyway i'm like what is that and it was jimmy hendrix's great you know, smash hits his greatest hits yeah i was like who's jimmy like i literally was like who and what is this and it just blew my effing lid. And then to find out there was this brother who was doing this. And I was like, are you, like literally, gone. My mind was melted. I remember my mom being like, she was probably even like, how how, how and why are you obsessed with, um, you know, Jimi Hendrix? Woodstock. So your parents saw that? They were like, hey, let's. They encouraged, oh, my Keep whole room that. was plastered with Jimi Hendrix, <laughs> Woodstock 60s stuff, like, quickly. And my parents being like, because they didn't turn me on to, like, like in my household, yeah. it would be, like, Motown stuff, you know, being from Detroit, Detroit. and Seoul and R&B. Yeah. And, you talk you know, Motown more than anybody you know, I know. I have an older sister, so in high school, she was, yeah. was like, Prince's heyday and Michael Jackson, everything, yeah. you know. So they were really confused as to, anyway, quick, I don't know. There was a balance that was, I, if, if what I'm hearing is that they just allowed the balance. Oh, man. They, they, so much that you could drift off into these spaces and You know, and at that time, moments. you know, you know, coming down from living in the country, my parents then got this great house, you know, in the suburbs in Detroit. So I'm also, you know, not many black kids at this time, yeah. you know, in the late 70s, early 80s, late 80s. <clears throat> and I always loved being the black kid who people couldn't quite figure out, hey, what are you, this, that, and the other. And in Detroit, you know, people still trying to put people in boxes at that time. I loved being the brother who was doing this, all the stuff that somebody said I wasn't supposed to do or we weren't supposed to do. Yeah. Playing hockey, playing the guitar, skateboarding, being in a... You tell me... <laughs> I don't know. That's not could be a Detroiter thing, too, of just the hard-headedness nature, or maybe just my family of... Yeah telling me i can't do something i will definitely do something did that come into play when like when you have to make calculated risks and or make yeah but there's a work decision? ethic though that it's came like, from my parents rural upbringing and just where my people come from so you, of just so the work the ethic though and the work ethic oh we like, can't that's, have that's, oh freedom with no work ethic is a very dangerous thing you just went off for five or thing. ten minutes about kind of this drifty story about <clears throat> music and it seemed as if that's probably 
was allowed and being able to find that as a, at a, as a kid at that age um, and be able to kind of wander and go about your own and then come back to structure and then kind of wander about and experience and be like, yeah, yeah. Do oh, you want to know about Jimi Hendrix? Where did you hear that? Because my parents, again, even though they came from very meager beginnings, rural, just Americana farm, they worked so hard and sent us to these amazing schools that really, in the 80s, were for really yeah. the most elite people in town, you know, and what we were exposed to, like, we are... When I look back now, like I, we are, my sister and I are clearly amalgamation of what my parents worked their butts off for and exposed us to. And you're right, where it came from a place of dream big, but also just work hard. That's all it is. And that's where the calculated risk goes. It's calculated because you know that it has to be backed up with action. A freedom, like again, what we were saying, freedom with no, you know, work ethic behind it is very dangerous. Yeah. And usually a failure. And then just, I mean, the ability, even in just the way that you converse in that, that story is you kind of go off and drift into this and you actually take yourself back. You can see it. Dude, I was there. Like, you're I, like, I, you, you were kind of, that's why I kind of was man, sitting here for a minute. I was amazing. like, dad, Ch Chad, like just went back into like his grade school space. I was like, I'm going to sit here for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, but it was cool. Cause like your, your muscle memory, neuroplasticity, the things that you know how to do are able to drift into these memories as far back as grade school and seventh grade at any point in your life. I mean, we're not in our thirties anymore, bro. <laughs> we're not? Hold on. Not, I don't know. We're not in our thirties. But, but to be able to sit and it's, you know, like we're just kicking it for a minute and like you just went on from like a little dreamy state about your childhood and we're trying to, you know, we're just hanging out in, and, in and the this studio. Is what I've realized though, because <laughs> we're not, which just means we've had enough times around the block to reflect on stuff. That's why it's so critical and vital that kids get exposed to great stuff as opposed <laughs> to bad stuff. Because I do think some of the things that we can't even explain until we sit down to stuff like this or people go to therapy, whatever, things that can seem small at the time, especially yeah. I think in childhoods, can be huge, ginormous. I, I bet, though, because they're such great people, the Lopatos, as I was sitting there as the kid <laughs> who, you know, was, you know, their parents are going to divorce yeah. and, you know, I had a working mom and maybe they knew that I didn't have whatever that, you know, but I, like, look, I was deprived of nothing. Or maybe they just were like, you know what, there's a kid and he obviously is passionate about playing those effing drums while we're eating our family dinner. I would hope and I would think that that was why they allowed me to do that without ever saying boo is so that maybe perhaps one day that would have sparked something in me that later in life would have made something, you know, great out of that spark. And it did. And as, and as challenging as a move to Nashville would be with your family and trying to reinvent yourself, you don't technically, if I can try to say this for you, you don't technically see that as even that big of a deal. No, it's just a You're, you're zip like, code yeah, change. I guess I'm going to go do this and focus my time on that and people will probably support me. I'll eventually find my way and here we are today in the house that you helped me get 6 years ago as we started our conversation when you came in about this new self and your new life. Find to to jump off this finally. I'll ask this because 
How does that translate to your kids today? And how does that impact the way you treat them when they are doing stuff and things and discovery and finding out life in that Nashvilleian way, East Nashvilleian way now? Well, what I learned is that we're not where we live. I think a lot of us, we just get so territorial and caught up that we are where we geographically live. You know, and we're not where we live, but we get caught up geographically. Like, me, like, like meaning existential stuff. Our whole identities of who we are, what we can be, what we can do, blah, yada, yada, get so caught up with the, literally the city that we live in controls us and what our thoughts can be, our jobs can be, our dreams can be. And yeah. Um, so the thing to move is just no, we just have a different address. Any more than moving from Silver Lake to Santa Monica. It's just a little different move. But I'm going to radically change or be different just because I live in a different... And you just made a shift. <clears throat> and you put most of your focus into something else. You mm -hmm. went from being a real estate agent in Los Angeles and having a hobby But I was still shooting here while still shooting. You so were, it wasn't yeah. like I just said, hold like, on, I'm going to, you know change careers it's a calculated risk and be a botanist or something <laughs> that i knew nothing yeah about. I didn't, yeah i wasn't so, yes. setting that up no, no no but i'm just saying i'm not trying to set people up to just be yeah. like i'm gonna quit stop doing something that might yeah. be secure for me to just do something sometimes people can do something brand new that would be amazing you know and i you know who says this <clears> there really was a good. transition you know I, well absolutely and that i think that was kind of why i brought it up but you know who says this really good it puts a lot of content out there is um is Gary Vee, and he, he always he's always talking about and do your side hustle until you need to quit your job and your side hustle becomes your full time job, and that's kind of what. And sometimes what I would say this, to people though, like even even more, because I think some people get caught up and they think that it has to monetarily outweigh. To me, the side hustle does not need to monetarily outweigh the primary thing. It needs to one. Money, yes, you have to start making money, I think, first doing it. But I don't think the money has that way. I think the passion, the drive, the determination, the love for it, that has to be there. I do not, I leave. Passion, with, drive, love, determination. And I think that that's what helps, has helped accelerate me quicker in this, which I, I call that my third profession. Is it? You know, third after, life? after music stuff, the real estate, and now the photography full time. I call it my third profession at this point. Um, Multiple tangents within each of those buckets, though, too. You know, I've been very fortunate and had success in all of those. Yeah. But still having goals set where um, there's a million things that I still want to do, and I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. But um, really just the hard work and the determination, the love for it, the passion. The thing that you find out, I want to do this till the day I die. You know, it's not about... And that will get then fill in. You just can't put the cart before the horse. And I think a lot of people are trying to, with social media, reverse engineer stuff so much where there's really nothing there but a thin veneer. So there really has to be talent on top of it yeah. that comes after the drive and the determination and the passion. Wow. All, none of us are good at stuff when we're brand new. And a lot of people, you know, kind of like maybe my fear yeah, of the well, camera earlier, they don't even try it because they're... Well, I'm not good at it right away, or I'm not making a lot of money at it right away. Well, no, that's that's almost everything and everything. It's almost that, everything. Everybody in every occupation and walk you of questioning life. questioning yourself and saying, "I'm not good enough." 
and somehow finding a way. And what was it you said earlier? You were like, in spite of. That's what, <laughs> right, like, you have to that's what calculator is. Right, is. You, you do, do what you have to the, do for this. whomever you have to do it for, including yourself and your family, in spite of all that fear or negativity or whatever it is that's weighing you Doubt. down. Because guess what? If you can balance that out, there's so much better that that little, it's a small percent, but it just like really, yells and, so right. loud. And that's what I really try to preach even to myself, because sometimes even preaching to ourselves is the hardest, is I would say don't not do something based on fear. It can be based on a lot yeah. of things. I get it when you're doing the calculations of a risk. To me, I just don't let fear be the one that keeps me from doing something. And it's something. the loudest of them all. Yeah, exactly. It's the smallest percent, it yells the loudest, and it's all you hear. And, and most of the time, it, is mo it impacts a lot of major decisions, which is kind of the roundabout of why we're sitting here today. Man, in, in, <laughs> I say it again, in spite of, like that, that to me, man, I'm, that's what I'm, I think I'm inspired by today from this conversation is is because I, again, man, you, you've known me a long time on this weird personal journey where I've quit a corporate job in February, had some, some fun success, was able to provide a place and a space, but felt a little bit empty. And doing this and sharing this and bringing people in to have face-to-face -face conversations where we can be curious with one another and be vulnerable and open and, 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 and on a planet in an environment where most of what we do is catch up with one another on these things. And right. even to just sit here and, and go through this with you today has, uh, as I, without a doubt, made our relationship stronger. And, and that was really my end goal is to have a better interpersonal relationship with you because awesome. I get to sit down with you mm -hmm. and kick it with my friend and, and talk about some things and, we always get into some passionate conversation. And like I told you earlier, like, you know, selfishly, I want to be able to share some of these conversations with other people so that maybe somebody resonates and be like, yeah, those dudes are being pretty open, man, being pretty vulnerable and curious and complimentary and, and hopefully supporting each other in whatever they're doing. And I was, and I, and I was stoked to get you in to explain kind of some of your your process about how you moved and, and I really appreciate you sharing. So I, I feel like, did, oh, wait, go ahead. Did you just ask me what my Instagram was? Oh, it's Chad, Crawf <laughs> Chad Crawford Photog. I, I thought that's what you asked me. Chad Crawford oh, Photo horrible. with the G on the end. You're horrible. Well, we're not done yet. I thought that's what you asked me. Mm, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> say it again. So I like to do at the end of the podcast, um, what I call is the final four which are four questions that um, I've either prepared or thought of during our conversation. And um, the first one, actually, I, I just randomly thought of about a couple of minutes ago, and so I'm going to ask it first. If you had to give advice to your kids right now in one sentence, and it was the last thing you had to say to them, knowing you would never see them again, what would that be? I would definitely say that I love them. This thing we call life goes by really fast. Do what you want to do.
Do it. Do it. Sweet. Question number two is if you had, this is kind of a fun one, and it's got A, B, and C. If tonight was your last night on earth and you had a last meal, a last song, and a last movie, and you were sitting by yourself, what would it be? <laughs> what wow. would they be? Wow. Okay. Last meal. Definitely like some orange chicken, General Tso's <laughs> chicken. Definitely. No. Yes, 100%. A couple egg rolls. You went rolling? <laughs> the... Uh, the heat temperature on my on my camera went on, so <laughs> like the video went out, but we're still good because we're rolling audio. Okay. Um, um, so yeah, definitely some like orange chicken general sauce on some rice, a couple egg rolls. All right, so that's the last meal, last song, last movie. Last song, wow, that's almost like I feel like a trick question, knowing that I don't. When I know I'm dying. Well, tonight's the last no, night. No, do on I Earth. know before I get to pick this last song? I know that it's going to be the last night for all of us or just myself. This is it. Like, you're done. No, no, no. Hold on, though. That's a very nuanced <laughs> <This> question. <is laughs> There's nuance to that. I need to know is it my last night on Earth or is it all of our last nights on Earth? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to pick a different song based on. Am I just dying or are we all dying? You're, like that's. You're, I think you're overthinking. No, I, I. There's no. That's. With music being, you know, my first true love, there's no, I need, you got, I, I need to just, I need that clarification before I can answer the question. Everybody's dead. Okay, that's, but you see how it's that could the, be different? It's the purge night and you die. But do you get though how <laughs> that could be different? It's question number two, man. Come on. <laughs> so, so it's no, question number two. All right. I, it I, is purge night. So we're, we're all out of yo here. Um, it's your last meal. And I it's agree. your last movie, and it's your last song. In any order, you can do them. They don't have to be at the same time. Okay. Like you could, you could save the song for the final. But dance. I might have a more like contemplative song. Nobody if I'm else 95 is around. And I'm at my deathbed. Okay, and it's here's just here's an extended. All of us cowering because oh God, Chad World Crawford, War Seven is going on. So here's the extended version of the question: the, Everybody on the planet has already been vaporized every last living soul animal and you're the one sitting in your house and these are the three things you get. I don't know, maybe just in some <laughs> funny way I'd just be like the stones. You've you already can't got always orange, get what you, you got want. orange chicken, yeah. you got the stones. I'm going out with you can't always get what you want with you some orange chicken. You can't always get what you want with some orange chicken in a movie. I think, you know, it's. I think I'm gonna go with what my favorite movie Please. is. For everybody involved. <laughs> but, but I got a name drop. My little buddy, uh, James. I'm not going to, you know, high school kid, and we were having debates over directors' best films and our favorite films of said directors. One sentence or less. Yeah, one sentence or less. One sentence or less. But I have to because it's like, it's just funny when you get like dragged by a 15-year-old who kind of says that, which your opinion is like, nah, like. It was just funny. I tried to give him a shout out. But my last movie, definitely, I'm, I'm going, yes. Uh, definitely. I mean. I think something like Pulp Fiction. I'm going out last movie. Pulp Orange Fiction. Chicken. Can't always get what you want by the Stones. And a Tarantino movie. Yeah, for Pulp sure. Pulp Fiction. Yes. Original first one. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. 
Well, not Reservoir, but yeah, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, so that was his second, second. second movie. I think so. Great uh, extended answer version. Check. Congratulations. I mean, that was amazing. Question number three. Oh, that, that was <laughs> I thought for sure. That was like, okay, thank you for coming. Like, oh, that was two out of four. Okay, we're halfway there. I'm not even a math major. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a math major, but that was still question number two. Uh, so question number three is name the least expensive thing that you own that you could not do without. Wow. That's a great question. I think then... It has to be um, all of the boys' like kindergarten artwork that I have. Oh, like all the other stuff is just stuff. Those are one-off pieces kindergarten of art. Art, that, kindergarten that, that, artwork. Kindergarten that, artwork. That's a great answer. That. Just like all the other things that are indelible in our brains, whatever those awesome points or bad points sometimes that, for whatever reason, stick. That's, man. The, that's, seeing those, and you can just be instantly transported back yeah. to, it's just, yeah, I think my kids' artwork and all this relics from their young childhood. Yeah. It's just amazing how fast that goes by, that era, that, that part of childhood as from a parent's perspective. Yeah. All right, great answer, great answer. Uh, final, final question of the final four. So question number four is, your life is a movie title. What is it? A title of a movie that exists? No, your life is a movie title. You have to name it. Uh, oh, I can, that doesn't have to be a movie that I, So everybody out there that's listening and you want to go check out Chad's movie, it's about Chad and it's called... <laughs> You're killing me, small. You know, I think something like, you know, I'm over here trying, really. With the comma, yeah, really? I'm over here trying. Comma, really? Really. Yeah, I like that. I like period. That. I'm over here trying, comma, comma really, really, period. period. Not a question mark. Really? Period. Like, yeah. Really? I'm over here trying, comma, really, period. period. That's, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's and, and, and that's the thing, because that's really all of us oh, can man. do. Because it's, you know, like, I, this is the one thing that I do try to, you know, preach to some of my younger friends of, I do know that if we don't do anything, we have a 0% chance of success. And I know that it's hard out in whatever we all try to do. And but I knew doing something, you know, slow motion is better than none, anything. So that's all we can do. So that's and that's really the only thing of anything that I've learned how to do is just trying. First, you just have to try I'm to do it. Trying, really. Put a little effort in. And so. Well, it sounds like a thanks to your parents for the, the work ethic and the balance that the, the freedom to go be creative and come back and know what it takes to have a foundation and build it 
and then also instill that in your kids. And I really appreciate you coming by and taking the time. Is there anything Thanks, that you want to drill at me or unpack at the moment? I mean, we've been friends so long. I'm just very humble and grateful you came Oh, man, I think shared. this is an awesome setup, man. Right, Thanks sweet, for having dude. me. This is really cool, man. Stoked. Well, then thanks, everybody, that tuned in today. This is Y-Lab, Michael Flowers here, my good best friend, Chad Crawford, in Los Angeles for the week, and we got to share some time today. So hopefully uh, we were able to resonate with you a little bit, but we're very grateful that you spent some time with us and made the choice to join the Y-Lab today. One love. Circle the room and hover above the fumes go down on you while I gather up and two ladies gleam while I pass by a scoop dream a dream my camouflage scene tried and true as it tantalized the room wordsmith worship pray if it works for you laughter blue slide smooth daily departed twist the bunch huge cause we're just getting started these are the nights that turn the days we're on our way don't sleep time to play these are the nights that turn the days we're on our way we're on Stepped into the party at 4 a.m. Crate full of records, entourage, some friends. Bass speakers pumping, push the full top end. Made to the tables and I started to spin. Yeah, the party's decadent, you'll want to be spun. These are hardworking people that love to have fun. A late night location where the cops never come. Flip these rotations, keep the mix on the run. Pack it up at 7 and we head to the spot. Pocket full of goodies and a bottle of scotch. People give me props for the way that I rock. Give credit to the vinyls and the crews that I jock. Lock and load as if dawn is my weapon. No place to go, dig into the session. No one believes in the madness and method. No one's relieved that it's almost 11. Put it in motion, can't trust the potion. Pull the rib cord before piercing the ocean. Now it's nearing noon. I gotta get some sleep soon. I gotta keep these leaks glued. These are the nights that turn the days. We're on our way. Don't sleep, time to play. These are the nights that turn the days. We're on our way. We're on our way. Popping the top at 7 a.m. Spark the note and roll with the flow again. Hold the door, I pour for four. Let me in, thin sheet, cold floor, cause I'm broke again. Sunrise, I rise, try to close the blind. Like a bright red room, when I close my eyes. Blood vessel nestle next to the eyelash muscle. No wonder why I get lost in the daily hustle, a bustle, a fuss. It's just a family feud. My rude boy impression is the gratitude. Inhale the fume, even with the willow trees. Infused with the souls that have beaten and bruised. 12 to 2, blast off, locked and load. 2 to 4, hit the bomb, then the road. Frozen eyelids are drift away. You shut down the terminal to complete the phase. These are the nights that turn the days. We're on our way. Don't sleep, time to play. These are the nights that turn the days. We're on our way. We're on our way. These are the nights that turn the days. We're on our way. Don't sleep, time to play. These are the nights that turn the days. We're on our way. We're on our way.